Welcome to a world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. It's the DC Comics Review Show number 157, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. It's Rob here, as always, and joining me is my wonderful co-host, Brandon. Hello, everybody. In my seventh new apartment in the last <laughs> two years, but uh, it's it's very nice because for anyone watching the video, well, I have a gorgeous new bookshelf which I have been able to use to store all of my comics, and I'm I just I want to show off a little. Awesome, everybody. No, that's that that honestly, I organized my comics yesterday, and I would love. To have a new bookshelf because i am uh, overflowing i i just <laughs> I, I like this is it's like peak nerd but i love organizing my stuff i love it's like it's, it's that feeling of like maybe you're just sitting on the floor you're in a chair or something and you're like trying to organize everything in that perfect way that you want it and i i have so much fun doing it. yeah and it's on it, it really is a lot of fun yeah i mean it's and... tedious but it's great like you can put on some music just just put everything together it's great yeah and like i discovered dude and this isn't even the first time it's not even like the fourth time it's happened but but like going to dollarama and finding these five dollar graphic novels which is so fucking choice i forget which ones i've already had so i bought duplicates and i already knew about a few but through my sorting I found another four, oh <laughs> so I have serious? eight duplicate hardcover, some hardcover, some paperback, just sitting on my bed right now, waiting to be given to somebody. Which which books are they? I'm curious. Uh, mostly New Fifty Two and Rebirth. Okay. Well, actually, I think it's only New Fifty Two and Rebirth. There's uh, there's two Aquaman from New Fifty Two, uh, a Wonder Woman from New Fifty Two, Earth Two from New Fifty Two. And then for Rebirth, there's Detective Comics, Wonder Woman, and Action Comics. Possibly two Detective Comics. Just yeah. forget that you read them and then bought another one? Or... Yeah. Not even that I, I read it because I, I hadn't... So a lot of the graphic novels I'm buying, I'm buying because like they're awesome and i want the collection like i've read them before yeah, and yeah. i was like okay like i enjoy this if i ever want to read it again it's just on my bookshelf oh yeah it's so weird. i haven't i haven't reread it since i bought it oh, so yeah. all i'm doing is looking at the cover and like oh this looks cool do we yeah. already have it I'm like nah i don't think so and then yeah, i get home yeah. like fuck yeah <laughs> no honestly i'm i'm right there with you because like i i've been doing that with a couple of the especially the rebirth ones that that i was reading as i came out and i think like I've been trying to complete the Hows and Pals collection because that was one that like I didn't really I didn't really buy the floppies for that one. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of on a whim, I was like, I think it must have been somewhere and they had volume three on sale for like half off. And I was like, yeah, I remember like that was a good arc. I'll pick it up. And then I found volume one somewhere else. Right. And then I just, you know, the idea started forming as in my head. I was like, well. I don't know, maybe it would be nice to fill out the rest of the collection. So I think right now I have one, three, five, and I've been trying to track down seven and then oh, yeah. see. That, that was a really good series. Like I'll admit. I, I have like fond memories of that run. Yeah. So I think that's why it's like 
because you like, I don't think I've reread them since I bought them. I just kind of like good one. Yeah, I liked it, and I just like having it in my collection. So of Howlin Pals, I have Volume One and Volume Five, and oddly enough, for Rebirth, of all the Rebirth books I have, I've read those two multiple times. <laughs> volume Five, honestly, is one of my favorite ones to read, just because wow. of like the 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 content in it. There's the Superman Hal Jordan team up, mm. and then it goes into the Four Corsmen. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, which is at this point such a fucking iconic story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I, it's honestly really good. I think I think the one that I definitely want to reread sooner rather than Dark, which is Sinestro's Law, and just kind of how going to town on the Sinestro Corps by himself is yeah. the one that had they disappeared in what is that? edge of time i don't yeah well they went they went back to like the third world or something like that something like that and hal didn't know where that was confusing like renegade at that time or some shit yeah Um, but i remember (laughs) i really i liked that story a lot because it was just like it's it's like peak hal just going to town yeah wrecking some yellow lanterns yeah Yeah. um but i haven't reread that like since it came out so it'd be nice to to revisit that one yeah there's there's some fun guy gardener moments in that too oh yeah when they come back no i don't remember which arc it he goes to i forget what planet is but he basically goes to pick a fight with archillo it's probably one of my favorite arcs oh yeah he just like punches his eye out and he gets the shit kicked out of him too but it's it's like oh i'm trying to get your respect and i love that I yeah love the it i think that was in glc for new 52 but i can't remember when okay but i remember that story well it's also one of my favorites it's just yeah. it's such a guy gardner moment such a great one yeah especially since i'm i'm reading guy gardner reborn right now and like I'm so used to current Guy Gardner, the Guy Gardner that's been around since Rebirth, um, like Green Lantern Rebirth in two thousands, and I didn't know that like Guy was not always this tough. And I'm reading Green La- or Guy Gardner Reborn, and he's like picking fights with Lobo, but like he knows he's not gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like he's he actually goes to Lobo's like teach me how to fight. Like what? Who, who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because he. Guy Gardner exposure was definitely like the the 2000s era, you know, John yeah. stuff and then beyond. So I remember going back and reading Justice League International for mm. the first time. That was also kind of a shock too, because he's like insufferable in that series. I mean, he definitely you know has an ego in, yeah. in the more modern stuff, but like you go and read the the Giffen and Dimatea stuff, and like every word out of his mouth is an insult at someone else in the team. <laughs> Or some kind of braggadocio, like it's it's painful to the point yeah. where I think I I mean I don't want to spoil the run, but for for people who haven't read it, there's a moment where like he bumps his head basically in yeah. his personality. As as I'm sure you know, they were tired of him being such a dick. They're just like, okay, we gotta we gotta like tone it down for a little bit until he, yeah. he gets his uh, person. Yeah, but... those first six issues are. Like... <laughs> because it, it's like oh my god i just i want to strangle you so you can shut yeah. the fuck up which which made that one punch from batman so much oh, more gratifying yeah, so, yeah. 
It's it's why it's still to this day one of the most iconic moments in comics. Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> that and just like the reaction from everyone else in the team. Yeah. The fact that like no one has really any sympathy. I think I forget the line that Martian Man under Latin says, but it makes me laugh every time where it's just like, oh, Gardner's on the floor. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like, I, he, was, he was like, oh, hello, everybody. I, uh, I bet you're wondering why I called you here. Is Guy Gardner on the floor? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Um, so, anyway. And and Dinah just like freaking out mm. that she missed it. <laughs> I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I forget if it's Ted or um or or Booster. They're just like one punch, and so it's so I, so. Perfect I, I, I think I think it was Ted that was doing that. Yeah, yeah, he's so ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, that I I never read too much. Uh, like I didn't read much past that arc in JLI, so I didn't even know until recently that guy had that like bump in his head that made him such a nice person yeah it's like and i read that recently like holy shit i need to read the rest of jl like i know it's like <laughs> like this brief period um i think it's i forget how long it goes it's it's more than 10 issues or something um because yeah. i kind of i kind of read that that series in a rush um i still haven't finished it i kind of dropped off around issue 30 or so um but yeah there's a point it, it goes on for like a little bit and then eventually his, his personality comes back but i i think because they bring in Gnort as kind of like the secondary lantern. Um, and I think it's during that period when he still has that like whole nice attitude going on. So it's it's funny seeing him interact with another Green Lantern as well as his fellow teammates. And he's always yeah. sweet and kind. Uh, and and if, if his uh if his reaction to Nord is anything like it was in um Guy Gardner Reborn, like he just treats Gnort like shit. Oh man. <laughs> I he has that extra baggage of just like you knew me at my at my worst. Yeah. Me at my nicest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh that was a nice little tangent. I like that. <laughs> as, as per usual. <laughs> so Josh is not here this week. He's off doing some other stuff. So I will take over the um dad joke of the week. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to go to the gym today. That's five years in a row now. God. That's not even the one I had yeah. pulled up, but like I lost the one I had pulled up. <laughs> not better. I... Oh, yeah. I was once so broke I couldn't afford to pay my electricity bill. Those were the darkest days of my life. Yeah, that's the one I had. Do we, do we really? This is the torture me segment. <laughs> okay, one more, one more, one more. Oh god. What what do you get when you cross a policeman and a skunk? Oh, what? Law and odor. Uh, <laughs> no more, please. I beg of you. <laughs> there's a there's an Instagram profile. It's just uh Of course there is. Oh man, I just forgot the title, but it's like dad jokes or shitty dad, dad jokes, jokes or something like that yeah that will make your kids not speak to you anymore yeah there's some really good ones on there it's hilarious all right uh well y'all know why we're here we're here for books and there's not a lot this week i mean there technically is a lot but at the same time there's not um 
obviously we're as usual you know we're splitting it up in between a free show which is this one and our bonus subscriber show which you can access by joining our discord server for up to not up to wow why did i say it like that 2.99 a month us <laughs> um you can access our discord chat with us anytime you want honestly we got people all over the world so there's usually somebody awake and uh a bonus show every week of our dc comics reviews among a few other aspects as well which are a lot of fun uh before the show today we are looking at night terrors all around titans night terrors action comics and night terrors detective comics nothing but nightmares nothing but nightmares this has certainly been a nightmare yeah yeah like i was maybe halfway through the night terrors books to review this week and I messaged you guys, and I was just like, I, I'm getting night terrors fatigue at this point. <laughs> it's it's just too much of one story. It's it, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and the, well, well, I mean, we'll get into the specifics later, but I think... Uh, Brandon, your sound cut out, eh? Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was I was fiddling with my, my headphone wire, and I think it came loose for a little bit. Um, okay. Sorry, what, what was I saying? I don't know. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, well, I think it was something along the lines of we'll get into the specifics of Night Terrors later, but the main story has been so thin that it's kind of hard to really get into it and the tie-ins feel less than important in some situations. But yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in detail a little bit later. Yeah, as as some people say, Let's fuck that pig when we get to it. Uh, is that is that some kind of saying? Apparently, I don't even remember where I heard it. <laughs> but let's let's fuck this pig. It was either Letter Kenny or it was uh God, what was that show about the tech guys made Pied Piper? Silicon oh, Valley. Oh, Silicon Valley, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was either Letter Kenny oh or it was Silicon Valley. It might have been Silicon Valley because that sounds vaguely familiar. Actually, yeah. it sounds like something that that Dinesh probably would have said. Oh yeah, I was, I was thinking even uh, Ehrlich, but yeah, or, or Dinesh, Ehrlich. or even yeah. um, what's his name, the Goth. Oh, um, oh my God, Gilfoyle. How am I just blanking on all the names right now? Yeah, yeah. Gil Gilfoyle. I can never forget Jared. Of course, Jared <laughs> is essential. But then the night terrors. Oh my god, it's speaking in German. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Possibly god. references to like a Nazi past. I don't know. That was they just like kind of dropped it and then never explained it. it so Honestly, weird. that I loved that aspect because yeah. it just it gave so much to the character. Just like there's this dark past you will never yeah, know about. Yeah. Well, Jared was like. He was he's the nicest guy. He's the nicest guy, but he would say things and they were like so fucked up, but he would say them in like the most casual manner where he's just like, um, oh my God. I th- he was like living in the the Pied Piper garage or something like when they were still <laughs> in, in Ehrlich's incubator. And he, he said something like, uh, um, like, oh yeah, I just pretend, you know, that my my skin is my home. And I'm sleeping inside it. And I'm like, what the? F- that is I'm so always weird home. And, awful. and I'm always home. And I was like, yeah. 
don't ever say that that's horrible yeah. um but or like yeah. like he'd be describing trying to get uh more funding for pied piper and be like it's just like when i was homeless and i have to turn yeah. a trick for money <laughs> what oh <laughs> can you say that again please um but my my yeah. absolute favorite jared moment my honestly might be my favorite moment of the entire series uh, apart from the the jerk off equation in season one God. is like season four or something and Jared and Dinesh are going or driving around looking for somebody. Uh, so they go to some camp. Oh, is this the you want to die today? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. You said yes. that. I was paused. I was howling. I was like, well, I need like, to I need to watch this four more times. In like just the most like direct and straightforward way. It's yeah. so great. Like he just leans out. Like or, or so Dinesh dude, like leans that way. She's like, "You want to die today, motherfucker!" And he's like, <laughs> it's, it's so great. Oh my god, the delivery perfect. is so perfect. He's such a funny guy. Yeah, no, Jared, Jared is one hundred percent essential. Yeah, that that show would not be what it is without Jared. Oh, yeah, I honestly Jared. like every character brought something to the table, but Jared, I think, oh, really yeah. sold the rest of it. I think I think Jared and Jin Young were consistently the ones that got me <laughs> Jin Yang. get me to, to oh, laugh just like the most God. hysterically. Yeah. I eat oh the fish. Have you have you watched I, I, Jimmy Jimmy? And a, oh my god, his stand-up is great. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy O Yang. Yeah, Jimmy he's O-Yang. actually really yeah, funny. Yeah. God, he's so funny. Are we, are we ever gonna talk about this stuff for the show if i feel like left unchecked you and i would just go on tangents for three hours <laughs> this is why we need josh here to keep us on track no just 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 one one last thing because i never get to talk about silicon yes, valley the oh very last bit my one of my favorite jin yang moments is after Ehrlich had to leave the show and jin yang was trying to prove that Ehrlich was dead, so he got an actual pig. <laughs> this is Ehrlich's body because he's a fat pig. <laughs> I, your sound's gone again. How is it now? That's good. Am I back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I That's weird. It. But for some reason, every time I like slightly tug, it loses the sound. But yeah, it's just. Mm. Like white body is too expensive to ship to China and then bag. So I get the pig and I melt the body. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's so great. It's it's just fucking perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of missed that show. I, yeah. I kind of jumped in a little bit late. I think season four was when I last started watching it more late. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. Fair enough. Yeah, and no, I was it was really good. It didn't it wasn't quite the same, unfortunately, by the end as most shows are, but it yeah, it still rang true. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So comic books before we get into Something our like reviews. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh are you up to date on all the big news that came out of SDCC last weekend that we did not talk about? Yes, for the most part. Um, and I I vaguely remember that we talked about the Godzilla, um, I almost said Mothman. Um, <laughs> no, the Godzilla King Kong Justice League book and yeah. um, shit. What was it? 
It's the um, other one that got leaked early. Oh, uh, oh Amazon's Attack. Amazon's yes. Attack, yeah. Yes, we talked about those two, um, but there were a couple of other announcements. I'm not sure how much you wanted to say, um, but I can I have the, I'll just get the previews in the meantime. Uh, at, at the very least, we can talk about um, Tom Taylor's announcement. As my as my reference, um, right. but uh, yes, yeah, should we should we talk about some of the new books? Yeah, I was going to say uh, at, at the very least, we can bring up Tom Taylor's announcement. Yes, and for the life of me, I actually don't remember what it is right now. So that is, I let me just pull up um the article so i can have all the specifics but it is an event called beast world right um, yeah that he's going to be doing with well, let me just finish out all the specifics yes okay so a new event that will be spinning out of the main titan series but also the tales of the teen titans miniseries um called beast world that is going to focus on a beast boy that essentially has to um, become a version of Starro or the same species as Starro um, in order to stop some kind of threat. But unfortunately, it may come at the cost of, you know, his his sanity and, and his heroism and all that stuff. Um, and basically, it's just kind of the big event that, that Tom Taylor will be doing for the Titans book. Um, although, potentially... Another book that I won't spoil, um, but it may it may also be including another character that uh, Taylor has been associated with. I just gave it away. But anyway, um, this is, uh, yes, Titans Beast World, an event that will kick off in October with the uh, Tales of the Titans number four final issue, and then we'll continue in November with the Titans Beast World one-shot written by Tom Taylor with art from Ivan Reese, which is always awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, how are you uh, feeling about this concept? I, I'm genuinely interested. I'm not going to say excited yet, yeah. but I'm very interested. Mm -hmm. uh, Titans is getting its first Justice League-esque crossover story, and I'm all for it. Like, it's about time. Yeah. And, and to put Beast Boy front and center, like, Looking, I, I don't remember what website I was reading with the info on it, and the, the preview art looks like some evil, I say evil, but like beastly version of Starro is showing up and is turning people into beasts, but Beast Boy use, having the ability to shape, shape shift between beast and human is basically immune to it, so he's really the only one that can combat this and try and save the people from turning into human or turning into beasts. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably in the same camp as you where I, I wouldn't say I'm like super excited about this event, but I'm more excited about, you know, kind of what it means. Cause as you said, it's it's the Titans kind of first big story, Justice League-esque story that'll kind of propel them. Uh, I mean, they're already really front and center of the, the DC universe, at least as their premier team right now. But I feel like this is an even bigger escalated threat, which, you know, should prove uh, a worthy task for them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what it means for the team. I don't necessarily love that it's interrupting 
the main story that's going on right now yeah. with the blood and everything. So I'm hoping that this is is like they they either find a way to tie it all together or the brother blood story would end prior to this and then they this would just be kind of a continuation. When sorry, what month is this supposed to come out? November? Your your sound cut out again. All right. <laughs> These are coming off. This is becoming too much of a problem. All right. <laughs> Yes, but uh, no, it said the the one shot at least with Tom Taylor and Ivan Race is supposed to come out in November, but the prelude story will be in October. Okay. Um, yeah, I think there's a good possibility that might have the Brother Blood story finished. Okay. Because Tom Taylor did say the next issue, uh, he described it as like a bottle episode issue about right. Brother Blood's new M.O., and like how he came to be in that situation. And okay. then the story picks up again in issue four. Yeah. So issue five, if my math is right, should be in October. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wait, no, Titans isn't going right now. Oh, right. Because of Night Terrors. So that yeah. would be. Um... Well, it might pause it. <laughs> it oh, might just, gosh. unless the story finishes in issue four, which is really dumb. Okay, yeah. But again, my, my concern is just because like we, we already, well, maybe not, I, I shouldn't say we, but I know that I have had some problems with with Tom Taylor's pacing in the past and my yeah. concern is putting the brother, like, I guess it's it's brother eternity now, but putting yeah. like the brother eternity in the Church of Eternity story on pause to do Beast World, to then come back to that story, like I just, I'm, I'm worried it's gonna, it's gonna throw people off or just have people lose interest in that story and then by the yeah. time come back no one will really care so i don't know it's it's if if they don't wrap it up that would be i think my only concern with the series but yeah yeah it's uh certainly going to be interesting to, interesting to see how it turns out mm -hmm. yeah i uh, will see how it goes uh any any other big news uh yeah well there is it's really just more um detail on some stuff that that we already kind of knew that was coming up so sdcc gave us bigger looks at some of the upcoming events more events we love events they're they're so much fun uh, <laughs> including gotham war um and so just more reveals and stuff like that um the um i guess I don't even know what chapter. Oh, the fourth chapter of the event, uh, Batman 138, apparently is going to see father versus son, although they don't specifically say which father and which son, but the cover alludes to it being Batman versus Nightwing, which, of course, is what everyone wants to see again. Um, yeah, I mean, and, it, was, it was kind of confusing because the cover really did allude to that with Nightwing. Yeah, but like jason is a big player in gotham war mm -hmm. if you're reading the solicits yeah and it sounds like he might be on catwoman's side potentially well yeah, yeah. and apparently it's going to kind of change his position in gotham yeah um but anyway yeah there's more detail there so if you are excited for gotham war um then some of these things should definitely get you even more hyped 
certainly some of the covers from from Jorge Jimenez are absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this event just yet. I'm I'm still very much on the fence about it, and uh, to be honest, I'm kind of more focused on what's going on with Batman in his main title rather than the crossover with Catwoman. But you know, we'll we'll see how this story plays out. You know, it could be something very interesting. Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin, the new title from Joshua Williamson, uh, revealed its second issue, uh, as well as a new villain, uh, apparently a protege of everyone's favorite red herring, Hush, from yeah. Batman Hush, called, right, this is a, a new villain inspired by Hush, I should say, called Shush. <laughs> um. Yeah. And yes, it was supposed to be a joke, but then they decided to, to run joke. with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, this would be a great time for me to be like, oh, you can't make this shit up, kids. But apparently you can. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it's it's very easy to go like, wow, this is a stupid fucking name because it is. Um, but I, I, a lot of this stuff remains to be seen. Maybe it'll be an interesting character. I, I don't hate the idea of someone being inspired by Hush. A, a totally kind of whatever character in the grand scheme of things yeah beyond hush centric stories he's just like a kind of a whatever villain but if if someone were to really be inspired by that character i would kind of want to know why and what the story is so i'm i'm interested in that but yeah the 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 name is is not uh, very great i have no. to say um but yeah we also got some more detail on the new Golden Age titles, Wesley Dodds, The Sandman, uh, Jay Garrick, The Flash, number one, and Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number one. Just some more cover reveals and uh, official information regarding the solicits and everything. Um, and then there is a Supergirl special coming from Mariko Tamaki and Skylar Patridge in uh october uh right on halloween actually and that apparently is supposed to tie into some of the developments with the super family right now metropolis which is exciting uh and speaking of them october also is the 850th or we'll see the release of the 850th issue of superman uh, which is going to be a big anniversary issue spectacular um and apparently we'll have some new status quo shifting stuff for the uh, Superman universe, as is expected, but yeah, uh, definitely kind of exciting there, just to see where uh, the direction goes. Um, and then I'm trying to remember what else happened. Um, oh, there is the uh, return of Superman 30th anniversary special because we had our death of Superman. <laughs> anniversary special last year yeah gotta have the return of superman anniversary special basically doing the same thing they did last year it's all the original creative teams from the four superman books of the time so adventures of superman superman the man of steel action comics and the um main superman title at the time all returning to do a short story set around that period um so should be exciting well, it's, it's it's actually it's uh not not set during that period Oh, um, so it's four stories featuring each of the characters that were present, each of the new Supermen from that period. Right. So it's going to be one about Eradicator, Cyborg Superman, Connor and Steel. Oh, OK. But I it's see. going to be looks into where they are in the present day. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, or okay. more updated looks, which I did find kind of interesting because all yeah. four characters have been present in a book okay. recently. <laughs> well, this this solicit is very deceptive then because it says to celebrate the reign of the Superman, the Superman and the return of Superman, DC has brought back the original creative teams for new stories set in the wake of Superman's death. But, huh. Yeah, that really does sound like it's taking place back then. Yeah, I, I so I don't know. I'm maybe this thing is just lying i don't know but anyway <laughs> i don't know the the original creative teams are coming back to write new stories is, is the gist of it so yeah if you liked last year's one shot this is just kind of a continuation of of that same model um yeah. so exciting at least and dan uh, jurgens is involved so yes. keep in mind any new stuff he makes will probably show up in a backup somewhere it could it very well could yeah, yeah. we got uh doom breaker in last year's death of superman special and that's been continuing in the action comics backup so who knows where yeah. he might continue his stuff uh in future or, or how he might continue his stuff in future um another interesting book announcement uh batman city of madness we love our batman books yet another one um but i i, I admit to being a little bit biased in this one because it's it's from one of my favorite creators christian ward um, and is apparently going to be a cosmic horror tinged take on Gotham and the Court of Owls. So um, stay tuned for that. But um, I I adore Christian Ward's artwork. It's got this oh, like, yeah. wonderfully, I don't even know how to describe. I mean, cosmic is a good way to describe it. It's it's almost like space tinged. I don't have a better way. I'm not an <laughs> art major. I don't have a better way to describe it. But if you look at it, you know what I mean. Um, it's It's got like this great almost like space tinged dreamlike atmosphere um that that really is is quite uh, wonderful um but yeah that's that's all the news i got in terms of new book announcements and some stuff out of uh sdcc how about you uh just a, just a thing about that supergirl book from mariko tamaki mm -hmm. the solicit i read it was describing it's kara being kind of feeling like she doesn't have a place in the world right now and in the family and she's yes. trying to explore to find out and find her place and grow up but yet so that's happened with kara it's mm. happened with Paige. it's happened with connor it's happened with john yeah who the fuck is next <laughs> why i think the super family just needs to go to super therapy yeah you know? yeah well they it's... they've all been through quite a lot of these past couple of years so but at, at a certain points, if if any of them, if this many of them feel like they're being alienated from the rest of the family, yeah, I think they all need to just go sit, have a coffee, and talk it out because none of them are trying to alienate anybody. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, at least it's realistic. I mean, what family isn't dysfunctional at this point? Yes, um, but like it feels like they're all they're all feeling like everyone's moving on without them, and yeah. nobody's fucking doing that, it's... with the exception of Connor basically um <laughs> well, to answer your question as to who's next i mean i think the better question is like who's remaining because if we've already got power girl covered superboy now supergirl yeah. i mean i guess the only people left is like well we're kind of having i mean to a, to a different extent i would say but with steelworks right now where it's kind of john like trying to establish the steelworks legacy separate from the super family um so i feel like the only one left is like keenan or the super twins 
that they were on my mind but i feel like keenan yeah. just wouldn't care <laughs> be like, yeah. right, i mean I'll, the super twins like, China, peace yeah the super <laughs> twins like they just got back from, from yeah. War world so or they just left war world so they they really don't need to be exploring places outside of metropolis exactly uh, one place they're, that they, they're just happy to be home. there they're just happy to be there have yeah. a um but yeah i i agree i think they need to just go somewhere have dinner talk it out cry it out figure something out uh so the only other thing i have from sdcc mm -hmm. uh, dc animated announced two more movies coming uh very interesting choices i must admit one of them is watchmen which at this point i kind of wish they just let it lie third time's the charm yeah third time, like, they'll, they'll, they'll get everyone to love it <laughs> at first this point one, we should just listen to alan Moore. <laughs> yeah i i wholeheartedly agree because yeah. i think they're, they're just like okay the first one some people liked it some people didn't but like we tried and yes it looked very accurate but it wasn't it wasn't quite watchmen the second one a lot of people loved it's critically acclaimed but like also kind of divisive and not exactly an adaptation of Watchmen, just kind of, you know, doing its its own thing, a, a sequel, if you will. Yeah. So I think now they're just like, OK, we're going to we're going to try and do it and make everyone happy, which I have to say, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like choosing the animated route is is the very safe way of doing that, because it's I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, but I feel like with an animated feature. You don't have to worry about like, do we have the right person who looks like the character? Exactly. Like, yeah. Kind of animate it around the voices and everything. And plus you can stylize it so it looks like the comic and everything. Um that, so that's I, the yeah, thing though. Like a lot of these yeah. animated movies, they don't necessarily get stylized mm -hmm. to look like the comic. They just have whatever animation studio is drawing it, and then they do that animation yeah. style. Um then I think the only one that might have been stylized is when they did that. Uh, I don't remember what the story story was called, but it was Super Superman Batman against Doomsday or not Doomsday against Dark Side with Supergirl. That, yeah. When they adapted oh, that story, um, was that Apocalypse or something? It might have um, been. Yeah. Oh, they did both of the big arcs of superman batman didn't they yes yeah yeah so that, that those those movies are the only ones i could say are, are a little more stylized yeah. artistically but like everything else is just kind of like all right this is bruce tim yeah. <laughs> they've, they've tried and sometimes it works because the new frontier like they they took oh yeah the layout i forgot about that yeah Cook, that's that, looked, that was yeah, heavily that cook good inspired. um yeah. and then i was trying to think there was something else i just i don't remember um it'll come to me later um but i guess kind of um with the adaptation of all-star superman they were trying to to do like a frank quietly inspired design and i think it only kind of worked um so i guess it just depends but um sometimes it can it can have some some nice results yeah. Um, but yeah I, I i don't know i'm i'm not entirely against it I, I I agree. I'm with Alan at this point. I'm just like, let's just let's just put it to bed. Like, yeah, tried and didn't work. It it was relevant in '85, and maybe for another decade. I know yeah. I read it in high school and I loved it, and to the point that I bought my own copy. It's sitting in front of me right now. 
but like it's it's not necessary to revisit it this many times this is an issue dc has where like they get one graphic novel that's critically acclaimed and everybody says it's like amazing and for the next 30 years just like okay yeah print 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 like no it's like why are you giving us 15 versions of Watchmen, 20 versions of batman hush and like trying to push more crisis sequels on us when we just want Kyle Rayner collected. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's what you want. It's not what the world wants, apparently. I, I see nothing like people with the announcement recently about the, the Kyle Rayner compendium. Mm-hmm. All the comments I see are just like, okay, but when are we getting the rest? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Was, was that not literally my first reaction yeah. when, when you sent that news in our Discord? Because like, I was just like, okay, all, but... I was like, this is this is all well and good. Like I love that they're they're embracing the compendium format, yeah. but like you you are not you are not playing anyone. You're not fooling me. I know that no. this is just reprinting the material from the first Green Lantern, um, Kyle Rayner trades from like five years ago. So, yeah. like yes, this is cool, but you know, talk to me when you print compendium number two, and then yeah, exactly. That we haven't had printed before yeah the reason i think a lot of people just want that stuff and and this actually ties into your point about you know the fact that they keep printing watchmen every five fucking years with some new version is because and i'm sure you know this when you seek out a lot of these old issues and i don't i usually don't love this because i i kind of prefer to have the original copies but with some of these books what people really want is the remastered version. So updated colors, like stuff that just, it reads better. Yeah. Cause some of it, like it's printed on really cheap paper stock from like, you know, 1994 or 1996 or something. And some of it's held up pretty well, but some of it hasn't. And you just kind of need that, that high definition version. That's easier to read, especially yeah. if you're trying to revisit that stuff. For me, I think it that doesn't really work for, for some of the older stuff from like the seventies or whatever. That's just a personal uh, uh, preference of mine but well for for some of the um for some of the books i think especially from from those of the 90s and early 2000s where they were kind of transitioning from the paper stock to like the glossy stuff back to the paper stock which is a lot cheaper and printed darker people just want updated versions of that so you can read it <laughs> excuse me sorry um I'm, I'm getting so worked up I had to sneeze um, <laughs> but no I think I think tying into your point like they print a new version of Watchmen every five years yeah changes between those versions are minimal at best like I think my teacher had a book because we also read that in high school and my teacher had had one of those copies from like I don't know like 2008 or something um but we had like the updated copies from like 2019 or something and the the resolution between the two books is identical. Like it it might as well be. I mean, maybe the paper quality is different, but very little has been updated between them, except for you know maybe a new forward or like some back matter or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm just like, I I agree. And yes, I understand that these books probably don't sell as well as Watchmen because you know yeah you can order a hundred two hundred copies of Watchmen for every you know, five to 10 schools in um, your average American state or whatever. But I guess some of us diehard comic fans just want the, the books that have never gotten to be printed yet. Exactly. Books that haven't made it in the collected format. Um, yeah. But anyway, 
Like yeah. ideally, Watchmen is the perfect graphic novel to have during your graphic novel unit in high school. Yeah. It really is one of the there's that mouse and fuck, I don't even remember the one that my school covered at this point. But like there's there's a handful. Watchmen is definitely one of them. It's like the perfect graphic novel yeah, to, it's, to it's, study yeah, in high school. Too. Yeah, Persepolis is one they've been doing a lot recently. I remember we read that one too. Um, oh God, what's another one? Um, usually some Scott McCloud book, either like How to Read or Understand Comics or um, The Sculptor or something like that. Like they're good books. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, give you the impression that they're not good books. They're definitely worthy of the praise that they've gotten. But yeah, it's it's usually like one of about 15 <laughs> you're not going to be reading sinestro core war in your high school graphic <laughs> novel class much as i would love to but yeah that that just wasn't going to happen hey you you totally could because grade 11 english we had to do a book report we were able to yeah. choose the book and uh, like i did civil war oh nice with, with the death of captain america <laughs> And the guy sat beside. He did another graphic novel, but I don't remember what he did. Yeah, but My I tried last... to pick one that was like at least somewhat educational. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's good. No, my last English class of high school, um, it was we got to do like this kind of like free because it was a, it was a class on Native American literature, and it, we had to like kind of do our interpretive project or something on like a book related to Native uh, American literature or something that incorporated elements of Native American literature. And in my superior genius, I did a project that basically was just a summary of East of West. Oh, I got an A on that one. And nice. that was like, that was, I was supreme big brain moment because I made it work. And she was yeah. actually very impressed. She was like, oh, I love how artsy it is. So you can <laughs> do it. Exactly. Bob and I are proof that you can actually turn your, uh, your, your comic reading obsession into uh, an, an art form that will get you good grants. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so the the second movie, <laughs> uh, and really the last bit of news before we get into our books, is yeah. Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I think is another very interesting choice, not in the same vein as Watchmen, but DC's going all the way back to the 80s with this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see what they're going to put in this because it seems like a really big story to fit in a two hour animated feature. Yeah. I, um, There's a lot to that I, story. I, I haven't really been following what DC's been doing with their. I don't even know if they're still doing the connected animated universe. Um, they're supposed to be. Like everything yeah. that's supposed to come out from now is like one universe again right but yeah. these two choices are kind of an interesting set to join mm -hmm. that universe i don't yeah. know well because i'm wondering if this is related to that at all or if this is just you know we just want to do an adaptation on crisis and i ask because either they're going to try and tie it into the universe they have right now and then basically do like what they did with with marvel's uh, civil war which is like a shorter smaller scale version of crisis with kind of a similar story but not the same thing or they just kind of like take it on faith that 
DC viewers will know a lot of these characters and then just do a direct adaptation of Crisis on Infinite Earths with like all the characters and just like fuck it like yeah you can catch up or something so like all the various characters from that story and also from different earths from that story i guess you'll just kind of have to like figure it out or something i don't know if they would do that though because that might be a little too confusing for for general audiences but I, it yeah. also depends on like who they're marketing this to like if spider-verse can excel and everybody just raves about it and loves it yeah i think they could do this really well also mm. they just have to do it right yes yeah, yeah. but I guess the difference with Spider Verse is that like that kind of has a core cast of like two or three or four characters that you follow, and then all yeah. the multiversal variants are like they're there, but they're kind of you know to just kind of emphasize the the different variations. Whereas Crisis, at least from my memory of reading that story, is like there really isn't a main character. It's there are main characters. They're like different groups, but it's so all encompassing of of the DC universe that yeah you'd either just have to narrow it to a, a small group which i think is probably why they're calling it justice league crisis on infinite earths um or you're just i don't know just like go all in on the adaptation and just say fuck it like we're just gonna throw a bunch of characters at you and hope that you can catch up um i hope they don't do that but i, I won't deny it would be kind of entertaining yeah we kind of like injustice actually i don't know if you watched that that animated uh, version where no oh my god no, I, just like I, I, a heard, million... I heard it wasn't really that great oh my god it's, it's, <laughs> it's really funny it's not good i mean it's not bad it's, like, it's, yeah. like, it's not very good but it's really funny unintentionally so because it's just a lot of things happening yeah um but yeah yeah i i might check it out again one day just to hear uh george newburn and kevin conroy yeah i mean they, they do a, a solid job as is to be expected yeah all right, I guess we should take a quick commercial break. <laughs> right. Because we've been talking for almost an hour now. Yes. All right. Uh stay tuned. We will be right back. Sweet. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us here. We are about to get into our reviews for the week, starting off with a series of honorable mentions, which I will bring up as Josh is not here. We have Batman the Brave and the Bold number three, your general compilation title anthology. I always get the wrong. I always forget the word anthology. I always say compilation, but it's same, same, same deal. Yeah. Uh, DC Ruby number six, uh, Batman the Audio Adventures number seven. All very interesting titles. Be sure to check those out. Poison Ivy Uncovered number one series of covers despite the fact that says uncovered but we've had a few of these already uh this time featuring poison ivy basically an art book and it's just gorgeous to look at it there's she's had so many great covers um as well as finally the last days of lex luthor number one which i gotta say really fucking good <laughs> i i don't know how you and josh liked it yet. But yeah yeah i fucking loved it it's oh. it, it's what spawned the the comic question of the day i made the other day of what's cool. your favorite villain because I, I finished reading i was like Fuck, i love lex luther like, so much is lex not just one of the greatest villains he really is if not the greatest villain mm. i think i think what 
I mean, we, we won't go into this too much because we, we have books that we need to cover. Mm-hmm. But I think, at least for me, what makes Lex always so interesting is, aside from the fact that he always thinks he's the smartest person in the room, which to an extent he might be, he just, he like has this, I don't know, this this superiority distinction about him, this like the superior attitude about him that always makes him so hateable, but so intriguing to read at the same time. Exactly, yeah. Like, like you, you, you think of him, you're just like, okay, he's like cookie cutter as a person. He hates aliens and he just wants to like take over the world. But this, yeah. he's got so many more layers to him than that. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many scientific evil geniuses could just steal 40 cakes and get Not away many. with it? Not many. Some of, the, some of the greatest scientific minds have tried, I'm sure, but none have ever come close. No it's it's much harder than it looks oh yeah to steal 40 cakes and get away with it yeah because it's just terrible every everyone is like oh wow what a novelty like yeah i could get away with it you can't <laughs> i don't think Only they understand that. it's as many as four tens yeah yeah that's a lot that's a lot of that's cake. a lot <laughs> um but anyway for, yeah for any listeners that are confused <laughs> look up the what was a dc mathematics book or something like that from like the think, 70s yeah. it's the best page ever made <laughs> so, so excellent. and like yeah. i forget where it was made canon or something like that it might have been the action comics 1000 uh, issue or something but... yeah i think it was <clears throat> yeah well, someone, i actually someone... found that yesterday i gotta look it up oh yeah yeah no someone uh someone made canon that story and i was yeah like, oh, my lord they they actually did it yeah Oh, applause for that. Yeah, you crazy um, bastards. I know. I but love anyway, <laughs> last days of Lex Luthor, incredible. Yes, I honestly, top tier. Had to endorse that. Also, pretending this is a sequel to Superman Birthright because not only, I mean, it's already good as a, as a standalone story in its own right, but I, I just love Birthright so much that it's, it like, it feels like it could very much just be a continuation of that story, especially with the flashbacks to Smallville, which are right out of uh birthright so yeah i was like all right this is this is just the sequel in my head it's a sequel and and if any other people want to disagree then they can do so but i'm seeing nothing um, but agreement i've I've seen so many people online say that mm -hmm. that it's like a successor or a sequel to birthright i've heard nobody dispute that because how can you really (laughs) well i just i if if there's some kind of official confirmation then i will feel validated in my mind but yeah there's nothing no one can disprove it right now so um but yeah no yeah. super good definitely definitely check it out mm-hmm. and uh additionally there were two night terrors titles that we are not covering directly this week that is night terrors harley quinn number one and night terrors angel breaker number one both actually kind of interesting i would say check them out they're not heavily important but the harley quinn title uh I did only flip through it. I didn't get a full read on it yet, but it does kind of seem like it might tie into the main series. Possibly. Because they're talking about a lot of multiversal stuff. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And like she has a copy of the multiversity guidebook. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Not bad. She goes flipping through universes and she she looks at the page with Urzir. She goes, 
boring. It was oh. like new 52 characters. Like, okay. <laughs> wow. Harsh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't get a chance to read that one. I, I did read the angle the angle breaker. Angle breaker. That's my new Spider-Man villain. Yes. That's just uh, Bender the Bending Rodriguez. Bender here. the Bender Bending Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, no, I did read uh, Angel Breaker number one. Um uh just kind of on I was like, eh, why not? Like I read Punchline. That surprised me with with how enjoyable that one was. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's it's okay. It's solid. It's nothing to stand out, but yeah, mildly interested in the character. Sure, check yeah, it out. it's and for it's, for a character whose whole storyline has just been like in the background of various books over the past yeah. year and a half. It it certainly got some interest, especially yeah. if if you care about the character, if you're interested in this character, definitely check out the story. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely enjoyable. Yeah, and uh, written uh, by Tim Seeley. Just had to to, to shout that out because he's usually pretty solid. Like I, I haven't exactly. read anything of his aside from Robbins that I actively dislike. So like you yeah. you will definitely not be like bored, but it's it's nothing incredible. No, and it does feature fan favorite Grayson character Raptor. Raptor, hell yeah, say, yeah, my favorite assassin. Don't let Slade Wilson hear that. <laughs> All right, we are going to get into our main reviews of the week. I know what you're thinking. Finally. Finally. <laughs> they uh, are going to talk about it. Yeah. And we're going to start off with Titans, number one. KT Titans, number one. Brandon, if you don't mind. My pleasure. This is Night Terrors Titans, number one, written by Andrew Constant. Constant, I don't know. Uh, with art from Scott Godlewski colors from oh i should have written that down uh ryan cody and letters from wes abbott the premise of this is fairly simple a mysterious woman breaks free of the ground of titan's tower uh, and is escaping from the various nightmares through the aid of a mysterious voice that is sort of guiding her through the process she envisions a way out and in doing so a bunch of stairs appear and as she travels up and down or just up those stairs really she encounters different doors that all have symbols related to the various titans first she encounters cyborg who is going through his own personal nightmare she is able to free him by showing him a mirror uh, she does the next to or she does this next with donna troy and then uh, with Starfire shortly after that, before finally arriving at Beast Boy, a bit strange as we were just talking about Beast Boy in Beast World, as his nightmare is basically to be this horrifying, unchained monster. Can't imagine that ever happening. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently the mirror trick uh, doesn't seem to be working, or at least uh, the mysterious woman uh, does not rely on it, I guess because it, it had cracked at some point um, after... Beast Boy attacked her, so the mysterious voice basically instructs her to say the following words, and that's when we kind of discover that that person is Raven, sort of speaking to her and uh, and guiding her through the process. Uh, and then speaking to Beast Boy, she's able to calm Gar down, uh, and he reverts back to his human state. But they finally make their way to the top of the stairs uh, and try and walk through a mysterious door. Uh, and hopefully they could do that sooner than later because in Indiana Jones fashion, a bunch of spikes on the ceiling are descending fast and are about to crush them. 
Um, but the mysterious woman has the bright idea of using the mirror that she's been holding this entire time to cut her way through reality and open a hole outside uh, to escape the tower. Uh, and thankfully, they're able to do that and escape where they finally encounter Raven, who is in a non-corporeal state right now, um, and basically informs them that the nightmare they all have been experiencing are not their own individual nightmares, but rather the nightmare of Titan's Tower. So mm. that's our story. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it it was oddly interesting. Yeah, it's it's like it's an interesting concept. I kind of like the idea that like it's the tower's nightmare, and it's basically just kind of holding them hostage with their own deepest fears like that's kind of a cool concept but like with a lot of these night terrors it's just very thin and hollow um and it just feels like it's lacking something so with this one like it's a fast-paced story and it reads well but i don't know it just feels kind of like a, a simple gimmick and then once you have experienced it you're like okay i'm done now so i gave this an eight out of ten like i had i had a decent time and the artwork was pretty good but like there's really nothing stand out here it's just like oh the titans are trapped in the tower tower is having nightmares that are creating nightmares for each of the titans but they get saved and they break out and now they have to try and stop the tower before the tower comes after them the end so yeah there you go uh, but yeah eight out of ten for me how did you feel like i i had kind of the opposite effect where yeah. I was sold on the plot up until you get that twist reveal that it's the tower's nightmare. Because I'm thinking, this is a fucking building. It was just built. How does it have a nightmare? <laughs> I, I love the idea of the Titans, the Titans having a shit nightmare. Apparently that has nightmares, even though robots aren't supposed to be affected it's... by the nightmare wave. But yeah, it's, it. it's really fucking weird. Um <laughs> But I like the idea of the Titans having a shared nightmare, but there's that mystery of who is this girl with black hair that's with them. My initial yeah. thought was Raven, but like... Same here, yeah. It also doesn't quite seem like it. Like, it could be somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really curious as to what's going on there and who this person is. Um but that that drew me into it and like seeing the other titans being basically tortured yeah and then this one person has to save each of them mm. uh, i thought was really interesting oddly enough wally's not there which i thought was kind of weird because even in in flash i think it's just barry yeah and i i yeah i don't i i was trying to think of where else he might be but i don't i don't even know I mean, this is the last week of number ones. So yeah. So if he hasn't shown up yet, he's not going to. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, I guess that is a little weird because obviously Nightwing is he's in his own night terror uh, at the moment. So yeah, he's not with the Titans. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Wally would be. Um, I don't know. Maybe Speed Force gives him the power to not have nightmares, even though Barry has nightmares. Speed but Wally Force. has a special connection to the Speed Force. Yeah, so that means he's a special resistance, obviously exactly speed force um, ain't gotta explain shit always, always speed force um yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah I, I will say one thing that i thought was kind of neat was like each of the individual nightmares of the titans kind of like i mean i'm sure this was intentional but just kind of reflect some of their insecurities i think like 
cyborgs was that he was basically just like all machine donna's was like there are so many different versions of her they were like morphing into a horrible creature um and then you know gars was obviously that he was a horrible uh beast that had no control over himself um and then i don't really remember what Corey's was specifically um but i i i'll have to look at that again um but yeah i i thought that was kind of nice like it just kind of reached into a lot of the stuff the insecurities that they have so clearly like the the story is well informed on the the personalities of each of the titans but yeah i just it feels like with a lot of these it just kind of was missing something deeper for me at least. yeah i i can definitely agree there uh it was the overall story that really drew me but like yeah for for each of the individual characters yeah there's definitely something that that needs to happen a bit more so it feels a little less personal and more mm-hmm. just i'm sure it's tight and so it's a team book but it's it's more just like yeah no i get what you're saying it's it's it's, it's missing a little something hopefully issue two uh while providing some answers can give us a little bit more oomph in the title hopefully. uh but for now 8.5 for me yeah yeah, that's about it. All right, now we're going to jump on over to Action Comics number one. Sorry, Night Terror's Action Comics number one. <laughs> we're I mean, not jumping we back to 1938. Comics one if you want to, from, from 1938. <laughs> All right, written, written by... Siegel and Schuster. Yeah, Siegel and yeah. Schuster. One was the writer, one was the artist, wasn't it? Um, I think... Siegel was the writer? Yeah, or I, well, I, I can't remember. I think Schuster I was the writer and Siegel was the Siegel artist. Siegel was the artist, yeah. Whichever one was from Toronto was the artist. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but this is Night Terror's Action Comics number one. Uh, oddly enough, not featuring Superman at all, technically. Uh-huh. Technically. Uh, with, we've got two stories on the docket because it's Action Comics. needs to have a backup. Why the hell not? Uh, the main story was written by Leah Williams with art from Vasco Georgiev, colors from Alex Guimaraes, and letters from Becca Carey. With on the cover, I must say, is a very gorgeous one. Uh, Rafa Sandoval and Matt yeah. Herms is is very like The Shining. I was gonna inspired. say, yeah, it, yeah, it felt like um, yeah, like the the here's Johnny moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining a version of The Shining where it's it's Power Girl and and uh, Cyborg Superman and their <laughs> half robot, half Kryptonian kid. Yeah. Around. Oh Jesus! I know. Here's Henshaw. Oh God. Yeah. Someone needs to make that. <laughs> I honestly love this idea. Uh, all right, so this is so far Paige's nightmare, and she's pretty much on a whirlwind tour through her life opening up on krypton she's with a young man who uh, basically threatens her life so she runs away back home to find her parents have packed their things and are leaving her behind because they're just tired of her um her mother breaks to pieces when Paige tries to stop her and her father lets the boy in uh because he's just tired of Paige. uh because this is a nightmare it's fucking horrible uh in the background behind the, the the boy you can see 404 page not found error which is quite interesting <laughs> seeing as this is supposed to be a nightmare but mm. that's foreshadowing for later uh page does notice that something is a little bit weird 
that realized that none of this is real, so she punches him in the face, uh, and that boy turns into Cal L from Earth Two, and all of a sudden she's in her Power Girl costume when she was on Earth Two, um, and Superman realizes that he was just punched in the face by this Power Girl robot, so he pushes a button on her chest and shuts her down. Uh, which is again also kind of interesting mm. uh, takes her back to a junkyard where she was built to have her basically crushed down because she's a faulty robot and as she's crushed down the program restarts again uh, Paige wakes up in her bed at home with Omen uh, who is waking her up because they're late for something and they make it over to a theater uh, where they're watching a performance take place but from backstage and as the scene is ending, Omen pushes Paige out in front of the audience, uh, giving her a bit of fear uh, and stage fright. Mm-hmm. Kind of lame on the fears for a super-powered yeah. person, you know? But, like, <laughs> I guess. Um, like, I've had stage fright, and I'm still call it lame. Uh, Paige tries to fly away, but Omen stops her, and then all the audience members turn into zombies and start clapping for her as she continues to fly away and there's even more errors we see a bit of the real world where Paige is strapped to a machine and looking very thin like she's starved and has been there for months uh oddly enough it's it's really weird what we see there uh but this is the system reboot and the program restarts yet again they're back at home uh, Streaky has been a little volatile and is attacking both of them to the point that Streaky even heat visions a hole through Omen's stomach, but oh. she's still alive. Uh, and the system begins to reboot one more time. And using matrix text and binary, <laughs> Omen uh, puts Paige into a black cauldron full of green water. Uh, and that's where we end for now. Uh, basically, just like a trip through nightmares mm-hmm. but machine based it's it's not your typical night terror story because the seems page is strapped to a machine yeah uh, it, it almost looks like an induced dream um but there's there's definitely some questions to be asked here like what the fuck is going on is yeah, is was, the main one question. yeah <laughs> and and i think that might also be the next six questions yes yeah um i'll jump right into the backup real quick this is written by philip kennedy johnson with art from miko suan and fico osi colors from romulo fajardo jr and letters from dave sharp if you've noticed the creative teams have kind of swapped sides in the book for Mm -hmm. this which i thought was kind of interesting uh this is the stuff of nightmares part one uh very simple title you have keenan connor natasha and the super twins at home or at the kent's apartment watching a horror movie because why not it's not october it's nightmare time uh with you can Kel-X. watch you really can but like it's it's i don't know i thought it was kind of weird yeah. um with connor kind of vouching for the movie that it's it's cultural impacts and is teaching the kids a bit of earth culture while also giving keenan some conversational english <laughs> such as chainsaw final girl don't split up <laughs> yeah because that's, oh, that's something essential. you'll yeah that's something you'll you'll definitely just bring up in yeah. casual conversation final girl yeah just 
for anybody learning English for the as their second language, do not say "final girl" at uh, girl. like speed dating. Oh God, definitely don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Kellex goes to get some popcorn, uh, for some fucking reason. Oh, I see. No, he was picking it off the couch. I thought he was picking it out of the bowl. <laughs> uh, but that scares Osora, uh, because Osora is still kind of freaked out from Cyborg Superman and mm-hmm. a robotic arm stretching across her is kind of kind of creepy, which I get it. Uh so the kids are sent to bed and everybody goes to sleep. And Osora has nightmares of cyborg Superman, wakes up and Kellex has turned uh Connor into Cyborg Superboy. So Osora wakes up everybody else uh, and tells her tells them what's happening. They look outside. Metropolis is on fire and War World is back. And then Cyborg Superboy in a new body bursts out of the TV <laughs> and it's attacking them. Uh, Natasha suits up, but her suit gets taken over by Cyborg Superboy. And, and we find out Crypto has also been turned into Cyborg Superdog. Um, and shit's just fucked up. <laughs> I never thought I'd want to see a horror story from Philip Kennedy Johnson, it's but good. I'm sold. Yeah, like yeah, it's actually was, really fucking good. It's pretty good, like honestly. Yeah, and the art um, was fantastic. I, yeah. I gotta say, the the art throughout was really good. Mm. Uh, the page story was just really confusing, not really lackluster, but kind of just like. I, I just didn't understand it. Yeah, it's jumping yeah. so much uh, that um, there wasn't much to really go on. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if her nightmare was that she would be trapped in some kind of, you know, techno containment thing that would be giving her continuous nightmares, or if her nightmares are just a series of these events and also maybe some like techno trap. I just wasn't really sure, like what was happening yeah it was really confusing that that's this one issue like as much as i enjoyed it i can't wait for number two yeah just to get some answers yes yes and i hope it makes sense yeah for the main story anyway the backup was like super clear oh yeah that one that one was probably again you know some of these night terrors like in my opinion they've been a little thin um but this one was just like it was just really well executed, I think, and the yeah. art was definitely a big part of that too. Because um, Miko Swayan, like I, I know him. I, I don't know if it's a, a um, him or her, um, but Miko Swayan I know did Bloodshot. Um, if you ever oh, read wow. Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot, I was I was going through that Jeff Lemire phase, and I had like a million of his books I was trying to read, and I was like, yeah, Bloodshot, I'll read that. But he did the art for like the first arc and then i think another one and it was really good but um i just never really imagined him doing you know kind of superhero stuff um so i saw he was attached to this i was like oh that's kind of neat um i wonder what that will be um and i was i was more than impressed like it was it was just really really something special i absolutely love the design for cyborg superboy yeah horrifying but really well really well yeah yeah the the backup really understood what was necessary for a horror story and it felt like watching a horror movie yeah yeah which i think was the whole point and while there was still that that level of okay where does the dream come in like what part of this is a dream and what part of this is not Mm -hmm. um which i'm getting in in a lot of these stories which is kind of bugging me 
is this all also Ra's dream? I'm assuming it must be. Maybe, yeah. Because it really made it, it seem it, like they were having a shared dream. But yeah, like, that that was my thought as well. Yeah, because it's the whole family, and like I guess I I don't know. I I guess I thought for some reason because uh, it didn't show them falling asleep. At least not from what I remember. Um, I get no. Well, like they all went to I sleep think, at yeah, the same time. Yeah. Um. I just I guess I I kind of forgot that part. Um. But I, I yeah I wasn't sure if 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 it was because I I read it as it was all the dream that they were having together like they were all in this shared nightmare of you know the the threat of the cyborg Superman infecting their family but um, I guess it couldn't just be Ra's dream I'm not really sure either way it it works um, like just as as a horror short so yeah um. Maybe remind me if if you can or if you get it because I I don't think I picked up on it in my first read through but I'm looking again because I, I remembered mm-hmm. the first couple of tie-ins they had um fucking what's the villain of the piece Insomnia kind of just popping yeah. up yeah and I was just I was just going back to see if Insomnia was in this at all but I didn't see him but Calex no. just before assimilating Superboy said what are you afraid to lose danny let's find out like yeah what is that i don't know huh i don't know that was kind of weird um well yeah it it was good Mm. regardless and yeah i agree like the design for cyborg superboy was just horrifying it was so good horrifying but but in a good way and and uh would i buy a action figure of it probably but yeah not because i like that version of superboy just because it would look fucking awesome on my shelf yeah <laughs> um, very reminiscent i'll say of um uh, i was trying to remember the name of the book first <laughs> uh future's end oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah didn't even think of that but yeah the those um those like cyborg designs the, yeah. oh yeah like were the the Omac designs or something yeah other eye infected something like that where like with cyborg superman it looks like a cyborg with skin put on top of it but this looks like the cyborg burst out of the skin yeah which is just so much more fucked (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh if i didn't get my score 8.5 for this one Mm -hmm just to balance it out because the the backup was better than the first half the first half was still interesting but like very confusing yeah first half like you said solid read but just Mm -hmm. yeah very very yeah confusing and i i just felt like i mean i i again like like with a lot of these the reads themselves like it's a solid read and you can get through it without you know too much problem um it's just i i wish i could make sense of everything that happened um, but yeah, I think the back out for me was really the standout. Um, yeah. Selfishly, I kind of wish it was a little longer. Um, but uh, but oh well. Anyway, um, I gave the whole book eight point two five out of ten. Um, definitely Fair the back was was really the star. Fair enough. All right, and our last one for the week: Night Terrors Detective Comics number one, brought to us by Brandon. My pleasure yet again. This is. Detective Comics, Night Terrors, or Night Terrors Detective Comics, 
Issue number one, written by Dan Waters, a.k.a. the writer, Ricardo Federici, a.k.a. the artist, Brad Anderson, the colorist, and Steve Wands, the letterer. For some reason, they all have the before each uh, role in the credits. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's supposed to be related to the title of the issue or of this arc, The Good People of Gotham, but yeah, be wrong. Anyway, um, Jim Gordon is going through it, it seems, as it's snowing in Gotham in July, which doesn't make any sense, but like yeah, with a lot of things- Global warming world, does a lot of crazy shit. It, it really does. Um, unfortunately, Gotham is on the eastern seaboard of the United States, where it is hot as fuck right now, so <laughs> I would gladly take some snow. Yeah. 80-something degrees, and I've, I've been melting for the past week. But anyway, it's snowing in Gotham- and that is not natural. And Jim is also just feeling the weight of everything that has been happening recently. Um, I think, especially given the fact that oh, some of the changes in Gotham have uh, have certainly made things a little bit harder. But just as he's about to give up, he gets a text from Barbara that kind of convinces him to keep going. He gets uh, some pizza to take back to his detective's office where he's been working with the kid that he partnered up with in the detective comics backups known as sorrow who basically informs him that something is going on in gotham something very unnatural and that's when we cut to a bunch of nightmare demons entities who knows that are being summoned by some mysterious people and really they're just looking for trouble they're looking for something interesting they don't know what's going on um well they have a rough idea but they're they're just like we just want to find some entertainment and that is when they come upon some mysterious and creepy looking weirdos in masks, a group of three known as the good men of Gotham who are summoning these people or really just summoning anything. I don't know if it, if it uh, mentions if it's them specifically, but they're reaching out to the so-called pentapriests of the fifth dimension to ask for some things that might help them clean up Gotham City and possibly the rest of the world as it's fallen into a state of disarray and disrepair at the moment. And I think possibly even surprising them, these entities show up, though I don't know if it's exactly what they had in mind, but basically the three are asking for power, uh, knowledge, and wealth to try and clean up the city, and the nightmare entities are kind of laughing at them, but decide to give in just you know, to see what happens next. Um, and Jim Gordon all the time has kind of been lurking in the background trying to find out what's going on uh, with sorrow. Um, but as stuff really starts to unfold and strange, weird, demonic energy is unleashed, um, sorrow tries to run after them. And uh, Jim is trying to catch up with him to make sure he doesn't get himself into trouble. But unfortunately, it's too late as Sorrow is basically atomized right in front of Jim Gordon's eyes. And before he can have any kind of reaction, he basically gets conked on the head and falls unconscious. Um, he comes to a little bit later, just hearing one word over and over in his head, Sorrow. Um, but uh, he puts in a call to Harvey um, to kind of ask about these mysterious good people of Gotham and anything else that he can find out about them. And that's when Harvey informs him that there's been some other strange sightings of a bat in Gotham, which Jim finds strange 
uh, as apparently the bat, as mentioned earlier, is not in Gotham City. Uh, so this bat can only be something much, much more sinister. And uh, as Jim soon learns, it's actually a demonic possessed version of Batman inspired by the very bat suit he wore once upon a time in a story called Super Heavy that no one read because it was bad. I read it. I read I'm it. kidding. I was trying, <laughs> trying to, to get a rise out of you. But anyway, uh, all the while he discovers that uh, in the midst of this, he is cracking, or at least his his skin is cracking, um, and he's slowly deteriorating. Um, but uh, he decides that before he completely falls apart, he's going to try and track down uh, this mysterious Batman inspired by his own bat escapades and uh, discovers that this version, this monstrous version of Batman is actually kind of looking up to him and and, and uh, admires his work and uh, refers to him as yet another good person of Gotham. And because of that, he's going to let him live and continue on his good work. But uh, he is going to go about his own version of justice, his own way. Um, but Jim, unfortunately, before he can really get any kind of uh, upper hand is, is slowly falling more and more apart and decides that uh, before he can try and take down this Batman, he needs to find out a little bit more about these mysterious good people of Gotham and just what exactly they were trying to summon. So he remembers that one of the names that was mentioned was Angelica. And so he tracks down one Angelica Vanderbar, someone who was certainly wealthy enough to, uh, to have, tried to go after this mysterious uh, demonic summoning um, and sort of corners her in her penthouse apartment, but quickly discovers that she's choking on a bunch of diamonds and is nearly choking to death, um, tries to save her life by opening uh, her, her lungs, um, or not her lungs, but uh, opening her throat so that she can breathe through her lungs. But before he can do any of that, his body is still breaking apart um and really he's just kind of standing on helpless as this woman is choking to death all the while the mysterious nightmare entities that have been summoned are just watching in the distance amused at the chaos of it all um this was a solid one i i will definitely say as a as a jim gordon story um pretty good i love the art i think that for me was was the the standout more than anything because the way that Federici draws not even just Jim Gordon, but all of these different nightmare entities and, and constructs and everything, especially the nightmarish version of Jim Gordon's bat suit was, was really something special. Um, but yeah, the story itself, like it's, it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's, it's amazing. I, I do really enjoy the writing of it all, but it does feel fairly simple. Like it's just Jim's nightmare is of a horrific version of batman stalking the streets and he feels like he's kind of helpless as he's slowly breaking apart which in concept is pretty good but i don't know like it just it felt like i don't maybe it could have gone deeper or something i'm not sure um i did enjoy this one quite a bit and and uh you know i i again the art for me was really stand out but it felt like like with a lot of these tie-ins like i just i needed and he needs something more to really uh, sell me on it completely. Um, so yeah. I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10. Um, not bad by any means and, and certainly entertaining, but uh, just uh, just something else I, I needed to really get me over the edge. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, it was definitely interesting. 
but I I just haven't really been enjoying these Jim Gordon backups. I don't know how much I really care about this character Sorrow. Like he seems interesting, but just like it's it's kind of just happening. And I I don't know. There's something about the stories just I don't care about. Like it's not that interesting to me. And to have a whole issue dedicated to that character is just like, yeah. I care about Jim Gordon and and his side of the story, which was really interesting. But involving Sora, which is kind of like, okay, what yeah. what are we even doing with this guy? Although he does get killed pretty early on, so yeah, but like, is is your, he uh, really dead? Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> right. true. Yeah. Just, yeah, if this is a dream, then like nobody is really dead. Yeah. Uh, eight out of ten. Art was solid. Story was okay. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not very fair. All right, that is our three books for the week. Uh, be sure to check out our bonus show where we will have two books to review. Uh, I'm sure you can figure out what those are at this point if you're following track in every DC release this week. Um, but before we get into that, I mean, we'll get into that. If you want to get into that, you got to subscribe to our Discord for $2.99 a month US and get access to that bonus review on our discord yeah uh, but for us we are going to bring up our top three mo our top three books of the week because <laughs> of top three moments <laughs> and favorite moment if we had one um you want to go first sure yeah at uh, number three i had uh, night terrors action comics number one again i think particularly for the backup which was just really a well executed and uh, a solid read uh, number two, I had a book that we will get to in our bonus show, but uh, that was Batman Beyond, Neo-Gothic number one, uh, and at number one, had to give it to Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor, number one, just impeccable, easily my, my favorite issue of the week. Wait, what was your number three? Uh, Night Terrors Action Comics. Oh, okay. Um, but my favorite moment um, from this week probably is from uh night terrors detective comics there is um i mean there are just so many gorgeous panels in here um but really i think the the one that uh i i loved the most was um the moment where the the nightmare entities first come after the the summoning um they're just kind of like hovering over the good people of uh, of gotham the the three kind of uh, practitioners and it was just such a well-drawn panel, um, mm -hmm. so horrifyingly nightmarish, but but just really well executed. I mean, the whole book for me was was just gorgeous, but that panel in particular was that actually felt like the most kind of horrifying panel, um, yeah, or at least haunting panel, maybe not horrifying, but uh, but yeah, those are my top three. How about you? Uh, my top three is exactly the same. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I initially had Titans at number three. <laughs> but I had because I had Titans and Action Comics tied for score. Uh -huh. I was kind of flip flopping between the two. But like after reviewing it with you, I decided okay, like Action Comics definitely takes it. Yeah. But I had Batman Beyond Neo Gothic and Last Days of Lex Luthor in the oh. exact same positions. <laughs> I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's okay. uh, that yeah. When, that's why I had to like double check with you. Like, what was your number three? Like, <laughs> yeah. did I hear that right? <laughs> All right, uh, favorite moment though. Not the same. Um, 
as beautiful as that page was because that 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 was one of my favorite moments of that issue but my favorite moment of the week uh two from action comics kind of in the same thing kind of tied one for comedy one for artwork um the comedy side is canon just rhyming off the horror movie phrases he's learned for casual conversation (laughs) and artwork that page of cyborg connor showing up was just fucking fantastic yeah yeah Yeah. really well done yeah yeah that's that's honestly funny though we have the exact same top three (laughs) like you said though not surprising there there were some good (laughs) books I mean, yeah, it's when there's a Batman Beyond book, like it's probably gonna be in my my top three or top five yeah. at least. Especially this year because it's it's falling off of uh of Neo Year, which was sublime. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> it's just yeah. I was I was really excited to get into that one. So um it'll be nice to talk about it in our yeah. bonus show. Exactly. And we are gonna go record that right now. So be sure to check it out. As I've said already a few times, be sure to do that by subscribing to our Discord server for only $2.99 a month American. Uh and visit our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com for links to that and much more. Be careful out there. Remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.